Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Beer Got Me Here with your host, Nick. We are in episode 5, and for this episode I am chatting with my cousin Amy and her boyfriend Sean, who are both well experienced in the local craft beer industry. They have some great things to chat about that taught me a few new places to check out, so let's hear what they have to say. So I've been holding on to this interview for a little while now. Unfortunately, I was having some technical issues with the files as well. It took me some time to edit as the sound quality through the tele-interview wasn't the best quality. So my apologies in advance if the quality seems rather lacking. However, thank you to Amy and Sean for taking the time to come out on the podcast. What are you guys drinking right now? The new Floral Hall Double Dry Hop IPA. I've probably tried that one. I think I've tried all their IPAs by now. Have you been to Flora Hall? Yeah, I've been twice. Twice? Yeah. Yeah, twice in there and then walked beer there a few times. I have grabbed. You got. What is this here now? I got Brew Revolution. Oh, yeah. In Stittsville. And I have, I don't think I've ever tried Brew Revolution before. I've, uh, I picked this up over the weekend. It's a, an any IPA. Uh, walking on sunshine walking on sunshine so i'm very very excited to try this one it's an interesting color that one you would think that would be really bright and it oh oh yeah it's kind of nice you would think it would be a little bit hazier as in any ipa so it's a little bit clearer well it's got a little bit of haze yeah it's not too too bad see through it yeah so it's (laughs) cloudy (laughs) lots of citrus maybe oh i like that have you tried any sours Apparently, their pear sour at Brew Revolution is amazing, but I, we haven't tried it yet. So this is the first from Brew. And the sours, I think the only sours I've ever had was at Flora Hall. And that's when I started getting into some of the sours. But that got me interested. Their their uh, their beer got me interested in any IPAs and sours because they're just they're so fresh. They're very refreshing for summer. Well, I guess we can start with letting us know a little bit about yourselves. Amy, I've known you literally my entire life and i don't think i've ever seen you with a craft beer in hand maybe at some of the parties but i just don't recall ever seeing any craft beer and then sean when you came into the picture all of a sudden i'm seeing pictures all over facebook of you guys enjoying some craft beer i'm, I'm thinking when did this start we met three years ago we met online we were chatting back and forth and i had suggested going on a date with good food good company and a good beer that's how we started our first date was uh, having sharing a couple of beers at the the beer house, the Central Beer House in Canada, and mm-hmm. then uh, our, and then we just kept talking about beer and <laughs> all the different beers that we tried. Because Sean's been trying craft beer since what college, twelve years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to uh, went to Ashton, tried a couple of flights there, and then we just kind of went from there. Like, all right, where can we go next? So it was pretty much like when we went to Ashton, we went and tried like what six flights, and then we just said, you know, this is a good idea. We should keep going, try out the breweries around around town. So we kind of did. We've tried thirty six breweries to date. Thirty six breweries, but like we've tried, you know, a bunch of craft beers from the LCBO. It's basically our first whole year of dating. We just started brewery hopping and trying all their beers all over Ottawa. Kind of really opened our eyes as to uh, how many breweries there actually are in Ottawa. When you think about it off the top of your head, you probably don't think that there's a whole lot. But when you start looking into it, there's probably well over 20 now. and uh, Probably like 30. Yeah. You know? It just like seems like crap breweries are popping up. I don't know, every couple of months, you're like, oh, what's this new place? Let's go check it out. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's true. I, I've come across a couple now, like just going through uh, Brew Donkey's website. I'm seeing some that I haven't seen before. And now I have more to try because I thought I've tried at least maybe half. And then I look through their website and I'm like, no, I'm not even a third of the way through. It just keeps it just keeps growing. Yeah. yeah. I Actually, I think that's something that we considered doing in the beginning is doing the brew, tunk, brew donkey tours. And then we're like, you know what, let's just do our own tour. So for a few like weekends in a row, we went to, we went three, three breweries at a time. And I think we 
our first brewery hop, we went to like BPP, Dominion, and to the nail. We did all that in a day. We're like, oh, maybe we should slow down. You know, <laughs> all over town with a couple of beers and into us and stuff. But uh, we figured like three was doable a day if you spend like an hour or two. And like every time you go, you meet the owners or people that work there and you get history of like how they opened or what kind of beers they focus on. And then when you're there too, you meet like other patrons and start talking to them and their experience too. So it's all in all, when you visit a brewery, it's uh, like, it's not just about beer. It's about the food, it's about the people, it's about the history. Yeah. yeah. It turns into a very nice, a very nice community. Like that's what I've noticed getting into uh, in the last couple, I, I'd say about a month, the last two months, there's such a community behind craft beer. Yeah. And it seems like all the small breweries really support each other. You know, if you go on Instagram, you can see all the small breweries following other breweries and, you know, giving them props when it's needed, if they win awards and stuff. Like it's, it's very much small, a small community and they all seem to support each other, even though they're, they're they, they're they, in they competition, but, but they're they, not, but they want, they want, they, they want to grow as a whole. Yeah. It's like friendly competition. Exactly. But yeah. still, they still support each other. Exactly. And that's what I've noticed as well during like how hard this time has been for a lot of local businesses. It seems like the craft beer industry is is hanging on pretty well. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely here to stay and lots of room to grow. So it's good for people who hopefully nobody's tried to start anything right now because it'd be a, be a horrible time. But at least it'd be a good time to practice some recipes at home before they actually start opening up a business. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's that conspiracy theory in Bell's Corners. They kind of opened up during COVID and they had problems getting oh, getting their license to sell their own beer. They've been making beer and you can you can buy it to go. You just can't sample it there mm-hmm. because they don't have a license. But like that's, you know, because of the pandemic, they've had a serious delay in getting their beer out there to people. Oh, wow. And yeah. we've been inside. It's quite, it's really nice in there and they're well known for their food, mm-hmm. but you know, they're not as well known for their beer yet because they can't get it out there. Unless you are like a local and know about it, you know? Well, you guys know about it. So you, you got, you guys have some inside knowledge. We'll notice a brewery like anytime. Like <laughs> <laughs> we notice them and then we make a plan to go visit them. I think there's only like six or seven in Ottawa that we haven't been. If you do the math, we've been to yeah. almost all of them, not not including out of town ones. Any out of town ones that you you have gone to? Have you gone to uh, Bows out in Van Cleek Hill? Yeah, we've been there quite a few times because uh, we go to Montreal, or we did go before pandemic. We'd go to Montreal about twice twice a year. Yeah. So on the way, we'd always stop in have a pint or two or try their new beers or just get and again do another flight so we can try them but uh yeah we've been to kingston uh we did their kingston brewery company that was amazing if you go to kingston you have to go there kingston eh yeah yeah, yeah their their brewery it's like a it's in a heritage building right because it's in like the market square by the water um but like nothing inside has been updated it looks like I don't want to say a dive bar, but it looks dated, right? But it look it's cozy. It's about the beer. It's about the experience. You know, they have really good beer on tap there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's keeping with the sort of the tap room theme. Everybody's doing the very rustic, very exposed look. So if they if it's dated, if it's antiquated like that, then that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. it's got history. You know, people will be like, "Oh, I was there twenty years ago, and nothing's changed." You know? It's the same. It's the same as Steam Whistle. They they're using. They've changed nothing. I think, like obviously, they've updated a few things. One of the things that I like the most is that they, when they took down the brick wall, the the brick facade, they scattered the bricks and and then rebricked it again, turned the bricks around, so you can see a scatter of the graffiti that used to be on it. Instead of it being graffiti, it turned into art on the other side, which is phenomenal. Such a great idea, and I I got super tanked on that tour. Yeah, it's easy to do. That's but coming John is Toronto. Yeah, to try, not together. I mean, I've been to Steam Whistle in Toronto. We haven't done any Toronto breweries together, and we'd like to. Yeah, just haven't ventured down there yet. We'll definitely head to um, 
I think the only one that I know about in the distillery district is Mill Street, but that's a fun, uh, even just for an outdoors activity, a distillery district is really fun day trip to do. So definitely recommend that one. Um, I think our, our like absolute favorite out of town is in Montreal. Like we keep going back to it every single time we go to Montreal. We have to go back. We make it a point to go back and it's Dieu de Ciel. And it's just a small, well, it looks like a restaurant, but it is a restaurant, but they have uh, amazing beer uh, all up on chalkboards. You know, you have to spend like 15, 20 minutes reading them all, wondering what you're going to get. It's always busy, like with people. There's always a lineup at the door to get in. And uh, every time we go, we have a an amazing time with the staff and the beer itself. Yeah. So if you're ever in Montreal, you need to go there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and definitely wait until things settle down a little bit, maybe sometime in the spring or summer. I'll check it out. Yeah. Because I don't think I've, uh, when it comes to Montreal, I don't believe I've gone to any of the breweries out there. And I feel like that's a little bit blasphemous to be near Montreal and not have checked them out already. Because yeah. my my tours have only really started, I think, in 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And it's always been local and it's always been through my buddy Kyle, but he'd always find Groupons for them. And that's the only time we would go is, oh, there's a Groupon for this place. Let's go. So we've been to places like Kitchissippi, Bicycle Craft. Uh, we've been to Bose two or three times now, but each time those were for events. I don't know if you've been out to their events. They have um, International Gruet Day, and they also have, uh, they do an Oktoberfest as well. We wanted to go to that, but as things so happen, they didn't have it this year. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Mm. But hopefully, probably, I would say in the next two years, they'll have something again. Yeah. I would doubt this year, but hopefully next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was at their uh, their Oktoberfest, they had they did the same at at, at their International Gruet Day, but they have a, a Steinholding competition. Bunch of cheaters. See, I was doing it right, and I, I lost kind of early. And everybody else, they're kind of shifting their body weight a little bit, so they activating other shoulders so they can keep it up longer. I'm like, come on, that's so stupid. Oh, <laughs> and my buddy almost won. Like he kept it. He of course cheated too. And he he almost won, but he lo- he lowered it enough that they said, "Oh, you you're disqualified." But the other guy next to him had it even lower, so I don't know why he lost. Oh. So to this day, he's still upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's only what the judges see, right? Of course. And then when we were doing it again at Oktoberfest, this other guy he must have been like five four, and the announcer was like, "Well, this guy looks familiar," and this guy completely silent. He he whips out this medal which was from last year's Oktoberfest that he won the Steinholding competition and then whips out another one and then another one. So clearly we're going to lose. And of course he wins. Huh. <laughs> Undefeated. Yeah. Well, he was a little bit smaller, so I'm guessing a shorter arm length. There's not, you know, you're not putting so much weight on your arm. So I think he had an advantage. Or maybe that was his like yearly workout was to hold out a beer every day for until the next Oktoberfest. You never know. I mean, that's that's probably a thing. Yeah. Every every day just holds like a, a 10 pound weight out I can do every that. single day. It's smart. I mean, aside from winning a medal and free beer, yeah. I don't know like why that. it's worth it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although we still whatever beer we were holding, whatever we had left, if we didn't spill it, we we got it. It was a very hot October, so the beer was so hot at the end. I, I couldn't finish it. I was like, it's free, but I can't finish it. It's too hot. Too warm now. Well, speaking of uh, like festivals that breweries have, we went to two concerts that Mill Street put on. Mill Street put on puts puts on concerts in the summer, and we we've gone two years in a row, aside from last year. And that was like a really fun Oh, hopped and confused. Yeah, yes. Oh yes. So those were awesome. amazing, uh, and because because Mill Street has they convert their parking lot into like a outdoor concert, and uh, so there's not like a crazy amount of people. At least the first year that we went, we had a blast because not only can you drink their beer, you watch people perform, and then uh, you get to chill with the band if you want later on. So everything's outside. If you need to go inside, you can go inside. If you want to eat, but they have barbecue stations outside. They have all the beer outside on ice. You know it's really fun i like that breweries are going that direction or some of them the ones who can i didn't know it was that it was that well packed with activities like that yeah yeah like i'm sure they do other things as well but that's i think the most popular 
or has been. At Mill Street? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because we went in, well, 2019 was a lot busier than 2018, but I think because 2018 did so well, they had bigger headliners for 2019 and it drew in a lot more people. So I'm sure 2019 was really successful for them. Yeah. But it was still equally, both, both years were equally as good. So hopefully 2022 or 23, they'll do it, do that again. Yeah. Well, at least they're outside. They have some advantage. Maybe they can just head next door and ask the museum if they can use their, uh, their big empty park. Yeah. Mm. Actually, the museum had a festival there called uh, Festibier. Right. Yeah, we've been there. That was awesome. Not so much a lot of local beer. There's a lot of Quebec, Quebec breweries, microbreweries that were there. And that was a lot of fun because they give you a plastic cup and they want you to reuse it and you can take it home instead of like a plastic disposable. It's like a plastic like reu- re- reusable souvenir cup and they fill it and for four bucks. I think you got six or eight ounces of a beer and you just walk around, you finish it and you're like, okay, I want to try this one. You give your cup, you give your cup, you give your cup, you get all this beer. That was, that was really fun because that was another outdoor event, but that wasn't a brewery, but it was all microbreweries. Yeah. Those things are definitely a highlight when you enjoy beer. Especially if you get to try so many that are all in one spot. It's a really good chance to connect with some of the people that work there. There's other people that have enjoyed it for a long time. And you get to, it sounds like you connect with a lot of people too when you go to these, when you go to these breweries or these events. It seems like you have a pretty close channel of a lot of beer lovers too. Exactly. And then you, you know, if you really like, a certain dynamic of people that work there and you really enjoy their beer, then you kind of make a point to be like, you know what, I'm going to go visit that brewery when I get the chance. Yeah. They gain a customer for life. Yeah. And then, and then of course you bring other people with you because that, that's how you do it. That's how the community starts, right? Yeah. You know, you know, one good person, they could bring three others and they can bring three others and it just grows for them. Yeah. We did that actually. When Overflow opened, have you yeah. ever have you yeah. been to Overflow? That's funny. I was actually just about to mention Overflow. I was going to ask you if you guys have been there. I used to have an apartment around the corner from there. It's just neat that I go back to my old neighborhood when I first moved out of my parents' house, and then they're right there now. But no, we think we went when it first opened. Yeah, they we're, were open for like a week. Yeah, we. I saw an article in a magazine or something. Like, oh, I gotta go check this place out. Okay, we go there. Huge, like open warehouse nice and they got a huge stage in there too for bands well at first we didn't know what the stage was about we're like what is this open space a huge bar top i don't know four foot bar top solid wood really nice like rustic high ceilings and then we're like what the heck is what is the stage anyway we ended up talking when we were there we ended up talking to the owner brad one of the owners brad and he was like oh yeah we're uh you know when when we're ready we're gonna this is gonna be a music venue we're gonna have concerts here. We're like, what? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So sure enough, we followed them, and they had on. Uh, they're huge Tragically Hip fans over there at Overflow. So their first band was a cover band for Tragically Hip called Little Bones. Yeah. Yeah. We missed that concert because it was sold out in like five minutes. We definitely went back for other concerts. We saw an ACDC cover band. And we, we ended up going to see Little Bones. Another time where we could get tickets. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a Led Zeppelin cover band that we saw there. Maybe we did three or four concerts there. And then there's just another random 80s hair band. 80s hair band. Nice. Thing that we went to. And yeah, those are always awesome nights. They're cheap. You can go for 20, 20 bucks each. And it's just, it's a great time. Plus, you get to drink like all their beer all night, which I think they had five or six. Like they have six, five or six regular beer. And the first time we were there, we tried them all, of course. And like we didn't have a complaint about any one of their beers. Like they were all good in their own way and tasted how they should be. Like their porter tasted perfect. Their IPAs perfect. <clears throat> their Pilsner bang on. Like they did, they do beer really well there. They do. What has, what's your experience there? I've gone there with my uh, my colleagues, another place that we'd find either for lunch or after work to get some after work pints. And I've been there, I think, two or three times now. One of those times, I remember they, they had a couple of beer without, it was either one or a couple. They didn't have a name for it yet. 
and I really wish I could remember because when I had this and looking at the can tasting the beer, I came up with this genius name. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm biased to my own title. And I thought, no, this has to be it. It was maybe a year and a half, almost two years ago. So I can't really remember. I really wish I could remember the details of that. But the beer was delicious. I think it was a, a Pilsner. <laughs> I just remember thinking, this is genius. I'm going to win. Yeah. And then I forgot about it after that. But I'll check and see if it's up on their website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, that was my name. Yep, that was it. Yeah, and then ask for royalties. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'm in it for the money. I like when breweries do that often, eh? They, they'll develop a new beer and they'll be like, host something on Instagram or Facebook and be like, here, we have a new beer. It's an IPA. Come up with an amazing name and we'll give you a six pack. It's a good way for them to get people to like their page, to comment on their page, get that that motivation, that recognition. Yep. And dri- definitely drives traffic up. That's it's a simple thing to do to put that out there. Like we need your ideas and they get bombarded with all these people, people commenting on their pages. But that's a genius idea in itself, right? That you were just talking about too. But I think we tried to participate in a couple of those. Like I think Calabogie does it every once in a while. They'll be like, oh, here's a new beer. Come up with a name. Maybe they have a name already and they just want to see if anybody else picks it. I'd be like, yeah, we'll see somebody else pick what we thought. (laughs) Yeah. Or they have one already picked and they just want people to want the traffic. So simple, but so effective. I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah, Come up with a name for for this new beer. I have none, even though I probably have about 30. Yeah. And just see what other people think of them. Like, oh, this is close enough. Yeah. Well, the Calaboogie one was fun because uh, they they have like a theme of, with all their beer names, right? Like, well, it's all Calaboogie. It's all Calaboogie <laughs> themed, yeah. So when they came out with one, I think last year, I spent like honestly two hours coming up with different names that I was gonna submit and that fit Calaboogie's theme. And I think I I picked like Cottage Life or Canoe, something with like a <laughs> red canoe or something. <laughs> Like, oh, I probably won't win, but this is so fun. <laughs> they they do that often, I find, Calabogie. That, so we went to Calabogie, but we went when they didn't even have, like, food. Like, now they have a kitchen. When we first went, you were allowed, because it was in a small town, if you came, oh. you were allowed to bring your own food and, no, do, and share it. Fridays they had uh, oh, potluck. potluck Fridays yeah. at the brewery in uh, Calabogie. And we just happened upon it one night and... All of a sudden, the place was like packed with people bringing in Tupperware things of food, and everybody's like, "Oh, try this, try that, and help yourself, help yourself, play it up." Like, oh, what? this is what so is cool. This? <laughs> Guy singing music in the corner, and yeah, it was great. <laughs> was this a brewery or somebody's house? That sounds like small town hospitality. Yeah, it's right totally there. Felt like small town hospitality for sure. Yeah. It's just like a community thing. It's like, oh, it's Friday. Let's get together. It's probably people who are like, oh, I can care less about beer, but I'll bring some food. <laughs> and then yeah. you have the opposite. They're like, I'm here for the beer, but I might as well snack on something. <laughs> like, Ooh, meatballs. I don't mind if I do. I-, I like those stories where they just start off as an underdog brewery. They don't have food. They have barely a tap room. It looks like a reused warehouse, really. And then they turn into these elaborate things where they either have a food truck or they have their own kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't take very long once you, you know, sell enough beer and have enough people that love your product. Eventually, just gets the ball rolling and you get bigger and more effective and can offer more things like a full kitchen. And, you know, all of a sudden now you're a brewery and restaurant. You know, it happens like as a in a business way, I guess it happens really fast. Well, people love beer and you can make a decent living off of it. But that's the other thing that I love about craft beer is that. This, this is who we are. We don't just stick to one beer. We want to explore them all. You're always going to have a recurring customer. If you have a good beer, if you have multiple good beer, you're going to get multiple people and they're not going to stop at just that one. You might have a favorite, but you're always going to explore more options and always come back to them. It, it seems like a lucrative business to be in if you can guarantee that your beer is that good. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you get really good food truck or really good kitchen to come in, that's just a gold mine after that. Exactly. And there's a few breweries that are still doing that, like getting the food truck to go overflow. And Beyond the Pale used to do the food truck outside because they didn't have kitchen. But even Beyond the Pale now, they've become so popular that now they've expanded into, they have, they have um, smoke shack, shack. smoke shack is inside their facility now. 
it's still a separate business, but they worked together when we first visited Beyond the Pale down in uh, Westboro, Hindenburg area. They were like, yeah, they, they were small. And since then, since we've been brewery hopping and we go back to Beyond the Pale, they've expanded twice, you know, <laughs> like they just keep growing. And it's neat that like Beyond the Pale, like even though the brewery area in Ottawa, the community is small, like I went to high school with the owners at Beyond the Pale. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's a small world. Like I'm like, oh, I know those guys. Oh, they run this place? That's cool. Two Ottawa natives just started making beer and now they're huge because we like the craft beer so much. It's nice that you can say like, yeah, we know them. <laughs> <laughs> nudge, nudge, hook us up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we went through, um, we went to Whitewater in Hopton. We, tr- we, we like beer so much. We went into like a snow hailstorm. We we're like, should we? Should we? Should we not? Maybe. Maybe we'll just postpone it. Like maybe, you know, it's, it's really bad out there. Like it's black ice. It's freezing rain. Wow. And Sean's like, I got a four by four. Let's go. <laughs> You're like, I got this. Yeah. We got this. I think we drove like 40 kilometers an hour from Burnstown to Whitewater in Cobden. Took us like an hour to get there. It was worth it because the beer is excellent there as well. And their food is good. Have you been to Whitewater? Whitewater, I've been twice. Yeah. yeah. Like and I, their farmhouse. Which one? Sorry. The one like on the highway or the farmhouse one? This one would have been on the highway. Oh, yeah. The one that they have that right. large restaurant, the, the large tap room. Ah, it's, it's so nice in there. Like they did a really good job. Yeah, it's very, very nice in there. I've been there two, maybe three times. And I know that was, I think each time was after a round of golf at Dragonfly in Renfrew. Oh, yeah. And that we'd head over to, it's because it's like 15, 20 minutes away. And just head over to Cobden and grab a couple of pints and, and some food. And the food has always been really good. But what about this uh, this other location for Whitewater? Tell me about that one. That one's in the middle of nowhere. Is it it's like, like it's off, it, Yeah, it's in Beechburg. It's, it started it's off, off like a dirt road in a, an old farmhouse. And uh, you're just driving along and like, oh, there it is. They just started as a like a brewery and like just making beer, making beer, making beer. And then people want, again, oh, can you sell food? And then they're like, okay. And I think their they're inside was like teeny tiny. It was like cottage style. Like tables were close together. It was only probably, what, 15 tables or something? Like it's tight. And so they expanded really fast too. And they opened that one on the highway to accommodate everybody who wanted to be there. Have you been to Evergreen? They're in Canada. Evergreen is the one I just heard about maybe a week or two ago. So they're probably a good... Um, they're good people to ask on like homebrews because that's how they started. They started it like in neighborhood in Bell's Corners um, in a garage. Everybody on their street were helping themselves to their beer and trying it out and contributing. It was like a community contribution, you know, then it was the whole block and then it was all of Bell's Corners. And now they're have their own place in Canada that they brew at and they have their own tap room and patio and kitchen so yeah but they're they're garage brewers that's how they started just uh, as a hobby and now it's their life that's what i love to hear are just the underdogs turning into these businesses like that yeah. and then once they're in they're in for life exactly. they're just gonna grow they all have a story like we always make a point when we we're visiting breweries to be like oh how'd you get started or like what was your first beer you know or where was your first, I don't know, even locations have changed because they always start off small and they're like, oh crap, we got to expand. So they move. So it's neat to see like where they first started and where they are now and yeah. people involved. I think they're like a foursome of friends or like two couples or, you know, three couples. There's either four or six of them. I can't remember, but they're all friends that went on to this journey together. Pretty successful now. Started off small and now they're big. Have you only ever done local? Have you just uh, like Gatineau, Kingston, Brockville, Montreal, Pakenham, Perth? But we try to stay close by. We haven't really ventured out far in like across Ontario or anything. We have enough here to keep us busy. That's very true. It's going to take a while to to spread out. Have you been to Cartwright? I haven't been to Cartwright. Right, they're they're interesting. Like they're definitely not like any other brewery. Like they, even their bottles, like it's just a guy named Andre and he's just like a guy you'd meet. He's just like a neighborly guy, you know, someone that you just talk to and you're like, oh, this is good. But he even 
bottles his beer in brew or bottles his beer in blue glass growlers. He's the only one that does that. I and mean, they look fancy. Now he cans. When we first met him, he didn't do cans. Now he does cans. Mm-hmm. But anyway, his venue is out in Packingham. I think he his story started that he just found this property and it was a natural spring that ran through the property and he wanted to use that spring water to to brew his beer and so he has and he's done that and so he's one of a kind even on that alone but his uh area it's just like a something like you'd see on the farm yeah and there his tap room is like a it's tiny it's very small it's effective but and then i mean his his area is in the woods so you can take, you know, get a beer from the tap room, and we we just did this even during the pandemic in, yeah, in, the, fall. in the fall. Yeah, we grabbed a, a beer and and we went for a nature hike. He's like, oh well, now that I started canning, the trails are all marked with my cans. So if you lose your way, look for the blue can. We're like, okay. And we even brought the kids because it's a family family oriented brewery. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. If all the cans go up, you'll see. You'll come out to like in we'll top out. of the mountain. Look out, yeah. So anyway, we followed that along, took the kids with us, and they were like, oh, there's a can, let's go, there's a can. And anyway, you follow the creek all along, you go through some trees, and you come up to a lookout, and you just like see farmer's fields and the highway. Then we came back down the trail and then sat uh, near the pond in Adirondack chairs, and we'll have campfires out there as well. And he just recently built uh, private silos, like the little little small silos that you can fit like four to six people if you want to have a private gathering inside with your, you know, I don't know if he built it during a pandemic or what, but probably, yeah. probably is spearheaded uh, by that. He's a really cool guy, good story, good beer, and like an amazing venue to drink it. That's quite the adventure for just one, one little brewery. To go to yourself to go there in the summertime or the fall, just sit at the pond or whatever and relax. Easy to get to. And he said he was going to, I don't know, I didn't see any there, but he was going to do um, some axe throwing areas as well for parties. He said he's had like weddings there, he's had bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, like he's hosted any kind of party that was, that you can throw. He's had there at that area because it's so beautiful in there. Like it's just, you're in nature drinking a beer. He built a cabin. No, it's not his cabin, is it? Anyway, you can stay in a cabin on his property. Um, it's a tiny home. Yeah, it's a tiny home. <laughs> you got your own little tiny home, and you can oh, walk like fifty square feet. You can walk to the <laughs> walk to the brewery, get a beer, walk back. Oh, that would be perfect. Live on a brewery property for a little while. Well, he does. Too. His house is like up at the top of the hill. That's neat. So, yeah, it's cool. really good guy to talk to. Very I'm definitely cool. gonna check this place out. Yeah. Over the summer. That sounds that sounds awesome. I'm going to put that on my list of things to do for something beer related this summer because that sounds great. And it, it's not comparable to really any other that is around here. Like he's one of a kind, you know. Those are the kind of businesses you want to support are the ones that are extremely unique too. You, you want them to be known. Yeah. And <laughs> you don't want it to turn into too much of chaos for, for the yeah. guy, especially if it sounds like he's kind of working alone. Yeah, yeah have, I don't think he's that much of a crew. But something definitely worth checking out. Maybe uh, when a buddy of mine comes down for his cottage, we'll probably check it out. Because yeah. I think that would be a good uh, sort of a long weekend getaway in the summertime. Mm-hmm. It's a good day trip if you're in Ottawa, you know, or surrounding area. It's a nice little drive to get to and good experience when you're there. Have you guys checked out on the Gatineau side? It's I think it's fairly new in the last few years. Gallicus. No. No, we haven't. It looks like they started up in the in the last few years, so that one is going to be interesting to see grow okay. in the in the next decade. They have a little tap room where you can sample a bunch of their beer and have comfy seating areas. Just a just a small sort of mishmash of things, just like how any startup does. They'll just get whatever stuff from a flea market and put it in their tap room. Yeah. But their their uh, every beer that I had was pretty good. Oh, oh wow. So I definitely hope to see them grow. Yeah. The only one that we've been to in Gatineau is um, the Brasserie de Bas Canada. Oh, is that the one that's uh, along the water? No, mm. it is by, it's across from the mall and near Bro Martineau, um, De La Gap. On De La Gap. Oh, right. They, they were neat. So 
someone had told me to go and try it because yeah. they, they knew that I it was just a co-worker of mine because she's like I know you like beer so I would just came to this I just came from this one in Gatineau you should go so I told Sean and, and next thing you know it's like a week later and we're let's take a drive there they have interesting beers quite the variety I think we tried a flight and they're all really good yeah people were like the staff were amazing and they we're like, okay, well, we really like this one and this one. Can we get it to go? And they're like, oh, we're sold out. I'm like, we're sold out. <laughs> of course, you asked for the ones that everybody else likes. Well, no. And then, well, yes, we did. But then they're like, but we have, we have no beer. Like, we have no cans to sell. Oh. I was like, oh, well, then I guess you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't yeah. keep up with the demand. Like, they just couldn't keep up. Like, so they're going to have to grow, too, you know? That's that's good news. Yeah, it is. It's good and it's bad because like yeah, yeah I wanted to bring some home. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to go back. Maybe maybe now that people aren't dining in there, they might have some beer to sell. Yeah, definitely. We definitely go back there again and try some to take home. Yeah. Well, I'll have to try this place out too. I don't think I've been to that one. No, it's just kind of like in a new building. Yeah. It just didn't when I when we drove up to it, it didn't seem like a brewery at all. No. It was like part of a commercial retail. Yeah, commercial retail building. Um, so it could have been anything. It could have been an office, it could have been a vacuum shop, you know. Like, <laughs> they all look so different, right? Well, that's the that's the magic behind it. Like it could look like anything. I, I like the ones that look like almost nothing. You you yeah. wouldn't expect it to be a brewery when you walk in. Exactly. It was very unassuming. I like the unassuming look. And the only way to know is the one sign that's outside. <laughs> yeah. And then you go in and you're like, wow, not what I expected. No, it looks smaller on the outside, but somehow it's giant on the inside. Depending on how the next couple of years go, my hope is to do an entire trip in PEI and just tour every brewery that's there. It's a small enough island, you can probably do it. Yeah, it's a good idea. We just tried a PEI craft brew. The cool thing about buying like aside from you know brewery hopping and meeting them the um the cool thing about going to the lcdl and picking up the craft beer that you haven't seen before is taking it home and like, sampling it right you know like is it gonna be good is it gonna be bad what color is it is, i always like to pour it out into a glass and like admire the color talk about the color like oh what's going on here it's like super hazy or i don't know and being pleasantly surprised most of the time but this is it. Uh, what's it called? I don't know if you can see that. Snowbird. Yeah, Snowbird PEI. Yeah. Juicy IPAs. Anyway, I just saw it at the LCBO. I haven't seen this. Grab it. Very good. I'll have to give that a try. It's at the LCBO. Awesome. Yeah. And not all LCBOs carry a lot of craft beer. So you have to like find the right LCBO that has the most variety or carries the most. But that's that's Sean and I's journey in the LCBO. We'd like we go in, we split off, we try and find cans we hadn't seen before, and then we meet back up and we have different cans to try. Have you seen this? No, no. Okay, we're trying it. Yeah. That's what. That's the only reason why I downloaded the LCBO app because I wanted to know which LCBO has the most variety. Because yeah. if I want something, well, I'm not going to just go into a random one and hope that they have it because sometimes they just have this like one aisle dedicated to craft beer and yeah. or they'll have a whole fridge it depends on where you go yeah and i really only try to find the ones that have the walk-in fridge because that's when you know you're actually going to find things that you wouldn't find anywhere else yeah beer store as well it's where i go to get most of my cans yeah i wish there was a store that could open up and just only support small breweries or craft breweries that would be a dream of mine just to walk in all these fridges of craft beer from canada that'd be awesome liquor laws and everything <laughs> <laughs> oh those liquor laws <laughs> some point we might get there i don't know i'm hopeful that we would i don't know i think it'd be a good business idea like little store have craft beer from ontario or canada yeah i would even just keep it simple with just ontario for now yeah and just have it as like a one-stop shop kind of boutique store. I think that would be a good idea. Well, even just to have a store where, depending on how licenses work and distribution works, you can, uh, if somebody wants to have a beer from over in this province or even over in the state somewhere, and you can just say, yeah, we can have that brought over. Yeah. Just being able to make a deal with somebody and, and just making it work. Mm -hmm. 
I think restaurants have more, it's funny that restaurants have more pull over that than LCBO beer store and, you know, corner stores, because there's always the, in LCBO and beer store, you have to support the big guys who pay the bills, right? Um, and then put in the craft beer people and smaller competitions, there's not money. I don't know. There's, there's a reason for why they don't put all like a lot of craft beers in LCBOs and beer stores. It'd be nice to have a store just dedicated just to craft beer. Like one day it'll come. Oh, for sure. We're getting there. Yeah. Especially now, I think people are probably pining more for, for their beer. It's hard to know whether distribution has slowed down for some people and they've kept it local or if they've been able to expand. Because I know for a lot of them, they'll either just keep it local and people have to pick up curbside pickup. Yeah. But maybe after all this is done and over with, they might consider opening up, being able to have people from across Canada, across North America, internationally even, just to be able to sell any craft beer. Because it'd be nice to try them all. You shouldn't have to travel all the way there just to be able to sample something. That's a very expensive flight to try. Yeah, exactly. If they can open up sort of a a central hub where you can just find that, maybe something like that does exist and we just have to look in the right place. Yeah, exactly. That could be a business opportunity. Think about it. Oh, I have. (laughs) We talk about it. (laughs) Well, I think it would be a good idea. I even converted my dad to uh, liking craft beer because every time we go over like get out of town he's not <laughs> he's he's not drinking his carling anymore oh no he still is no no he won't give that up but <laughs> you know we we go over to like you know and we always bring our own beer carling is not our favorite but for a while there we bring our own beers and put the can down what the heck is that what are you drinking <laughs> like, well it's a craft beer oh i can't do that stuff and like but every time you know like open it up here try it like uh, I'm sure you'll like it. Like, there's nothing bad about it. It's like, you know, he takes a sip. He's like, you know, it's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, Dad, come on. Anyway, do that for the last three years, a little more. Mm-hmm. And finally, he was over here at our place for dinner, and he had gone through his two pack of Carling, and <laughs> he's like, Oh, oh wow. yeah, more. I'm like, Only craft beer, Dad. And he's like, Oh, maybe. I was like, You know what? You'll like this one. And he poured. I opened it up and tried it and he's like, oh, not bad. <laughs> he's like, what is that? And I was like, it's from Perth. It's craft beer. He's like, oh, I think I like it. Oh, yeah, like, the last oh. duel. Yeah, the last duel from Perth. He, he liked it. And so I haven't converted him, but I at least made him like it. I, I thought I'd never see the day. And he won't. And he probably won't admit to it. He'll be like, nah, it's okay. Like, you know, if you were to ask him, he'd be like, no, no, not my favorite. <laughs> so yeah. next family get together, if I just bring a six pack for him and he's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no. he, he'll be like, nope. And then secretly just take them home. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think it's funny that you go, when we go into properties and you can hear people that don't do it often, they're like, well, I don't do craft beer, but since I'm here, what's like a lager or a pilsner? What's like a Coors Light? And I'm like, I want to slap them. <laughs> what's what's like a Coors Light? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> it's it's called tap water. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking like a Coors Light in a craft beer house. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like beer? <laughs> we'll convert you. <laughs> no, it's just funny. And then you can just see the people that work there like, ready for the huge eye roll but then they're really good about it and they're like okay well we'll start you off with our lightest beer it's comparable to a lager or comparable to a pilsner you know there the people are pretty good at accommodating the non-craft beer drinker that's probably the only time they ever really need patience towards another patron yeah yeah but they're slowly making that conversion right so you have to you have to try like oh yeah every attempt could be a success well, I mean, especially when we all started drinking beer, craft wasn't really a, a huge thing. So I'm, I'm sure we're all guilty of Coors Light and various other macro breweries. Yeah. And then we've had to try. And you get used to it for a while, too. You just stick with it because you're just like, oh, well, this is my beer. Like your, like your dad with Carling. That's, <laughs> that's all I would ever see. I know. That's all you'll ever see. But that's, that's pretty funny. No, I ne- never thought I'd see the day. But yeah. it's good. It's good to know that he's now sampled and thought, 
This is interesting. Yeah, he drank the whole thing. So not just a sip and then turned up your no- his nose. I mean, he's made fun of me for bringing craft beer to the cottage. Oh, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, it's, that's like, that looks like Verithane. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the can. Why is it so colorful? Why is it like that? Why does it have a picture of it? Why is it called that? Why can't they keep it simple? You know, like, <laughs> Because it's an art. <laughs> Actually, have you ever been to a brewery that you didn't like their beer? Or like wasn't a huge fan of? I can't really think of any. Every place that I've tried, I, I've always enjoyed. Uh, there's there's beer that I like more than others, but then I'm kind of biased to certain flavors because like if it's stronger or hoppier, really the better. I know at, at Mill Street, there's some that I would either, like I would have once and I'd be like, mm, not quite for me because it would be more, it, it felt more like a macro style taste yeah. than it would be a craft taste. I, I, sometimes I think like the bigger that they get, they kind of get more along the lines of a macro brewery after a while. But anything that sort of keeps in the tradition of really truly being craft where they do keep the hoppiness of an IPA or the the thickness of the stout, those are those are my go-to. But I can't say that there is any place that I dislike their beer, but there's some where I'm just like, I've tried it. I'm not my favorite. If that they were to hand it to me, I'd probably drink it. But there's others in their taps that I would want more. Yeah. I think one of my favorites that I've tried that I know a few people disliked was uh, at Bicycle Craft. It was their uh, jalapeno. Oh, my. That was my favorite. Really? Oh, yeah. Like it, 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 it tasted like almost like you're drinking a little bit of pepper in it. But it was I, I like a strong flavor in a beer. That's why I like really hoppy beer. Like I've gone to quadruple IPAs. I'm just like they need to make they need to do it five times. Four is not enough. <laughs> yeah. And but when I had this, I can tell other people weren't enjoying it too much. And I said, nope, I'm all in for this jalapeno beer. That's cool. You wouldn't even think like jalapeno and beer together. I was just loving it. I don't know. There was something about it. I just didn't think it was quite spicy enough. Huh. Yeah. I don't think they make it anymore. I, I think I've looked into it. I don't know if it was a seasonal thing or it was something that they were just trying out as a specialty, but yeah, it was good. They seem to rotate their beers quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Keep it changing. Yeah. Have you tried, Sean was asking earlier, have you tried uh, Flying Monkeys series? I think I have tried Flying Monkeys. Yeah. Like, they're ones to watch, I feel like. Yeah. Every time we try beer, they just keep getting better and better. You know how you go through favorites. You know, you go through a phase where you're like, okay, I need this again. I need this again. I need this again because it's so good. I think both of our favorites right now are from Flying Monkeys. Really? We both like the same brewer. <laughs> it's not often because I'm I'm more drawn to like wheat beer and stuff, but a lot of craft brewers do not do wheat. There's only a select few or it's, it's seasonal. So Flying Monkeys, they have, uh, it was, it's called Adventures in Time Surfing is like my current favorite right now by Flying Monkeys. And it's, it's the most expensive one. It's like, I think 435 for a can. I'm like, ouch. But, oh, wow. But it's delicious. You would probably like this one here. Uh, oh yes i've seen this it's a triple sparkle puff oh i would absolutely love that (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous it's wild well sean you didn't like it but i did it's too strong but i like me oh i'd be all over that i'd drink it and be like nope triple's not enough (laughs) but i mean it it could be different i mean their version of triple could be different from saint ambroise triple right so but no, I'll I'll keep an eye out for that. Where did uh, where did you see that last? That was at the LCBO. I think it's it's like a staple now at the LCBO. It's, it's oh, there. great! Yeah, but try the adventures and time surfing too. Like it's um, it's a hazy IPA. It's got some sweetness and it's got the beer taste. Like yeah. it's just got everything that I kind of look for in a beer right now. Yeah, it's really good. I'll keep an eye out for it next time I'm uh, in the area of a beer store in the LCBO. Yeah. And they always have interesting names. Like, who names their beer like Adventures in Time Surfing and Sparkle Puff? Like, <laughs> well, even Flying Monkeys as a as their main title. I think that's why. Yeah, they just keep going with it. You might as well. You can't just stop there. You can't call it Flying Monkeys and then just be like Gentle IPA or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You have to come up with the most insane names. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's the fun part in choosing craft beers as well is like the more creative the can the more creative the name you know then i don't know the more people are like drawn to it or want to try it and like oh this looks interesting you know yeah i think that's how i normally do my uh my shopping i'll look at a can and it'll just draw my attention i'll be like, oh in you go i won't even look at the rest i'll just be like no this looks good I'll, I'll vary the flavors. Like I don't want to just stick with one. I'll get an IPA. I'll get a stout. I'll get a lager. But I still look at the can and and just see what it brings out. That's why collective arts always gets my attention because it's always from somebody different. I like how they do things. Like anybody can submit their art, and if it gets in, you have your art on a can. Mm-hmm. Thought about it myself too, but I never draw in color. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should. Well, I'll consider it. Unless, unless they're okay with a white can with black pencil. No, maybe like a yeah, board no. or something. Or they can color it in for you. Well, then it's not my art. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. I think the only black and white can they did was a color it, color it yourself can. Oh, maybe I will do that. Somebody did do that. I don't know if it was collective arts, so I could be wrong. But I know I saw a can. It was very short-lived. Of like color it yourself can. Maybe I'll do that and I'll just say color this square blue and then color this brown <laughs> and then they can finish it yeah, yeah. never know or one of those uh what do you call it connect the dots yeah color by number <laughs> color by number connect the dots you have to do all the work yeah <laughs> you buy it and you pay, pay it. <laughs> that sounds like a good marketing strategy <laughs> now i'll look into that Well, they could always have like a coloring contest, you know, they do the black and white cans and they send it out to, for people to buy it and then color it and then submit a picture of it. And then if they like yours, the next printing that they do will be your art. Why not? I'd probably do that. So do you have any, have your sites on any place else that you've wanted to try? I haven't tried yet. You know, it's funny. We were just talking about it today out of all the breweries we've been to near and far. We haven't been to the one that's like super close to us is the Big Rig Tap Room. We've been to the Big Rig restaurant, but never their tap room in Canada. So yeah, we need to go there <laughs> because I feel like, why haven't we? It's just something that was just never made it on our list. Because I think because we had gone to their restaurant and tried their beers, that it just, their tap room wasn't up there. So yeah. I guess now it is. Yeah. And they have lots of uh, different beers there that they don't sell. In the, the restaurant. or at the restaurant. So you have to just pretty much go to that location to try it out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then it'd be nice to go to some beer festivals, you know, in the future when things become somewhat normal. Flying Monkeys site in Barrie yeah. would be, because we've never ventured to Toronto to try breweries, then Flying Monkeys would be one of them that we'd probably make an effort to go. Yeah. Cool. Barrie. I'll have to keep that one in mind too. I imagine their facility would be similar to their like cans, right? Like very graffiti-like or out there and uh, yeah. over-exaggerated. So I'd be interested to see what their facility is like, if their cans are that powerful. It looks like just by their cans, they'd have like a thousand neon lights shining everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah. that's not the case. That would, that would just be too chaotic. Yeah, I know. Or maybe you walk into the facility and it's like a rave. Who knows? It's like, can I get a flying monkey? What? Can't hear you. <laughs> a real flying monkey here? <laughs> Any places that you need that are on your top places to go to? Or The evergreen one is one that uh, I've wanted to try. You should definitely interview them. And yes, and talk to them too. Perth is one that I'd like to try out. And if there's any other places in some of the smaller towns, I don't know if there's any out in Elmont, if you know of any. Yeah, there are. Yeah, Crooked, Crooked Mile is out in Elmont. Carlton Place isn't far either, so they have one stalwart. Yeah, Crooked Mile, I think he's like. It's right by Equator, the coffee shop. You know what? I think I might have actually had their beer when I was in Perth. There was a, a little um, pub out there. And I think they had, uh, I think it was Crooked Mile that I had. I can't remember the name. It was just recommended to me by the server. And I really liked it. Which pub was that? Was that at O'Reilly's? I think that was the one. Is that the one at the corner of an intersection? Like two main intersections or something like that? Yeah. It's all like old wooden floors. Yep. That's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we yeah, love that place. And the, have you been, did you go downstairs to the basement? It's like to the bathrooms? It's every, like there's stone cutouts everywhere. You're ducking your head. You're like... But it's neat because it's 
still all original. I don't think I went to the basement, but that sounds like an adventure just to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. There's a big rock in the middle of the bathroom. I'm like, okay. So what are you going for to Almont for? I just uh just a day trip. Okay. Nothing really planned, just a, a friend of mine wants to go and I said, All right, let's go. I was like two, two or three of them. We have stalwart, brewmaster, brewmeister. Yeah. And uh, that's it. And then Almont has the crooked mile. And Bodcow. And oh yeah, Bodcow. I know it's separate from that brewery, but they're a distillery. I'd still try that out. Yeah, yeah we, the crop distillery they use. They use uh, some sort of uh, dairy product to make their uh, vodka. Only company in the world. Basically, the milk waste, like the milk that they don't use to make milk, the byproduct. Yeah, the byproduct. I forget what they call it, but you get talking to the guy and he explains it all. And uh, basically, it's a waste product that they turn around and use to brew their vodka. Well, that's awesome. I think <laughs> if it's a waste product. It's basically like everything that's been filtered out to make milk that you can consume. It's the waste from that. Okay. Um, that would otherwise go down the drain. They have a contract with local farmers to collect that waste and use that to make their vodka. So the same way that you'd use potatoes to make vodka, they use the milk waste to make their vodka. Okay. I'm going to have to try this out. I think it's a father and son. Milk sugar. Milk sugar. Okay. Yeah, we had a sip. It was good. It's more about the story for the experience. We didn't go for the vodka. We just went to hear the story. Yeah, that's mainly why I'd be going is for the story. And to see, I think they distill it like four times. They boil it four times. Like it goes through their tanks, four different boils. Did it have like a flavor consistency of vodka? Oh, yeah. Like you, you know, if you're not like a, a vodka or avid vodka drinker you would probably never know you know but some maybe just a little sweeter yeah but some some people swear by it like oh this is better than smirnoff this is better than top competitors of vodka but because they're built they're done in small batches the price is the same as any competitor but at least you know it's local it's made from like all reusable energy sources they have like zero waste yeah, it's really cool how they basically get everything that was going to be thrown away and then they use it all for, for them. That's very smart. I'm going to have to ask them how they even figured this out. Yeah, I know. Like, how did you just boil down the milk sugar to do this? You know? but I guess if you can do it with potatoes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's no limit yeah. as to what you can use. But I mean, potatoes versus milk, it's quite different. Oh, yeah. So maybe there's a process in there somewhere or yeah. they, they just knew somebody who knew the science behind how it all works. And they're yeah, just exactly. like, oh, well, we'll just use waste of milk. Here we go. Yeah. Boiling and filtering. seems like that's the thing you need to do. All right. Anything else that uh, you'd like to share? Because it sounds like you've gone through a whole list of everything. Anything else yeah. you'd like to share? I think we covered a lot. Awesome. Yeah. That was a great chat. Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous of your experience. Now that I know that you guys go out, if I know you're going anywhere, I'm going to be like, hey, over here. Yep. Yeah. Especially if you, if you come to the Gatineau side. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. We're going to explore more Gatineau, too. Yeah. Well, why don't we meet up for that? Yeah. Let's meet up for that. Let's do it. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyway, anytime you come out to the west side or anything, you need, uh, need ideas where you should go. We have a list. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> you're telling me things I've never even heard of before. That's the whole purpose behind this. I want to learn what's out there. And it's nice to know that you have a lot of connections, it sounds. Definitely. Yeah, if you ever go out to Cartwright and Packenham, let us know because we're always up for that one again. That one, I I think I'm excited for that one the most. Yeah. that, That sounds cool. That sounds right up my alley. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you both coming out, enjoying the show. And we'll definitely get together for something in the future. Hopefully we get the family get togethers coming around the corner. Let's see if we can actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. And when we do, we need to bring like an insane amount of craft beer for everyone to try. (laughs) See if everybody likes it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you, uh, you both have a good night. We'll chat with you guys soon. Okay. Hopefully see you. What's the next one? Easter. Maybe, maybe not see you Easter. Maybe, maybe (laughs) if we do it outdoors. Yeah. We can get away with it outdoors. All right. 
All right. Care. Well, thank thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem. And we'll chat with you soon. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Well, that's it for today's episode. For anyone listening, it would mean a lot to me to get my platform growing. Share my podcast with friends and subscribe on whichever platform from where you're listening. Also, check out my Instagram at beer got me here for beer photos and future beer reviews. Cheers. <laughs>